Hi guys, welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service worlds. We're on to part five of our six-part culinary summit interview series, and this week's interview features Chef Brian Warnaking. Chef Warnaking is a corporate chef for Flagship Restaurant Group, whose family of restaurants in multiple locations throughout the Midwest started in Nebraska in 2002. Their group includes Blue Sushi, the first in their family, Roja Mexican Grill, Black Beer and Table, Plank Seafood Provisions, and Flagship Commons. Chef Warnaking is a busy guy, always on the move and servicing Flagship's Blue Sushi restaurants. We'll get to his interview in a minute. So first, let's dive into our market reports. We'll start out with a citrus update on lemons, limes, and oranges. For lemons, larger sizes are tight industry-wide, but will hopefully improve out of the Southern California desert region. Otherwise, smaller sizes are steady with good quality across the board. The lime market has kind of been the opposite. It's been struggling due to excess rain in the Mexican growing regions, and unlike lemons, larger lime sizes will be available with smaller fruit becoming scarce. Projections in Mexico indicate there won't be relief until January, so we will definitely keep you updated on the lime issue. To round out our citrus update, California navels are in full swing with good supplies and high bricks levels. You all remember what a bricks level is, right? On specialty citrus, California grapefruit is improving in SoCal and mandarins are coming along nicely. And be sure to keep your ear out for our B-Suite interview episode coming up in the next few weeks as we'll chat with Monique Bienvenue from B-Suite about what they have coming up the pipeline this winter. Moving on to our brassicas, and first up is cauliflower, and this market has been hectic for the past two weeks, but it's slowly easing up. It is still on the tighter side, and pre-cut products such as florets are struggling. This market will continue to adjust, and we'll keep you updated. Broccoli is in a similar position, but yields are picking up, and the warmer weather is helping with supply of not only raw product, but raw product for crowns and florets. Lastly, our Brussels sprouts, who are steady but are experiencing some quality issues, particularly internal decay, are looking pretty good. Look for all three markets to continue to fluctuate over the next few weeks. Just limit your use where possible and maybe look to some seasonal greens for that pop of green on the plate. Other than black plums, the domestic stone fruit season is done, unfortunately. There's still some red plums floating around, but we recommend sticking to the black varieties for the rest of the season. Black plums should last another week or so. Sadly, domestic stone fruit season seems to come and go in the blink of an eye. Prices on Idaho russets continue to rise. Burbanks are coming available, but supplies are limited as production is down to four days a week to extend storage crop season. Low yields and crop failure due to extreme cold temps over the past few weeks has really hurt supplies looking ahead. Of course, there is going to be an increased demand for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, because who can have Thanksgiving without mashed potatoes? Expect limited supplies as we head into the holiday season for russets. And colored potatoes have experienced significant crop loss of 40 to 50% in North Dakota and Wisconsin. And this is mostly for red potatoes. Demand for colored potatoes will increase due to the holidays as well, because why just have russets when you can have all the potatoes? Best quality colored potatoes can be found out of Mount Vernon, Washington right now. We'll be sure to let you know how potatoes progress over the season. That's all we have for market reports this week. And finally, we have Chef Brian Warnaking's interview. Chef Brian talks about his experience in the kitchen, his time with flagship, and even sushi robots. I had a great time getting to know him on and off the mic, and I hope you enjoy getting to know him a bit too. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about Flagship Restaurant Group and kind of what your day-to-day looks like. Uh, Flagship Restaurant Group was started as just one blue sushi uh, in Omaha on 144th and Maple, which is kind of out west. Um, And it grew 
to like a smaller baby blue and then then one one downtown and then from there they've morphed uh we have 15 sushi restaurants we have two tex-mex four gastropubs seafood provisions uh we have a food hall that I used to run as well and then we have a place called Anthem in Austin, Texas. Oh fantastic. So you mentioned Texas so you guys have expanded outside of Nebraska. Oh yeah. Obviously and then off of our recording here you told me you live in airports. So what does living in airports mean for your day-to-day working with flagship? Just a road warrior just on the road going (laughs) from store to store to store and uh, you know, there's, there's spurts where I can be home for a couple weeks or I can be gone in an opening for three weeks uh, so, straight. Nice. So what is your official title with Flagship? I'm the corporate chef for Blue Sushi Team One. Awesome. So how did you get your start and how did you get to be a corporate chef versus like a small um, scale, like street level chef? Well, I've been doing this 25 years now, so I'm not going to tell you my age, but I've been doing this 25 <laughs> well, years. Well, you definitely... You definitely look like you're at least 25, but I'm surprised you've been working for 25 years. I, I just turned 40 on Saturday. Oh, so nice. Well, happy belated. This, thank you. I've been doing this for <laughs> longer than I can even remember. Seven, eight years old, just doing things that I needed to be doing in the kitchen, learning, dishwasher, server, general manager. I've done just about everything. So so you started out as a dishwasher and then just got Not with flagship, but when, I was, flagship, like, when right. I was like 12 years old, I needed to get a job because my mom wanted me out of the house. So you were working at 12 oh, yeah, years old. absolutely. Just getting your hands dirty, getting that allowance money. That making you, money. Yeah, making that money. Awesome. So give me a rundown of kind of what your company does. Well, what my company does? Yeah. We run really good restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we... We take, and then you talk to, you have the, a lot of sushi and well, gastropubs and stuff like that. Depending on the concepts, you know, so like Blue, take Blue Sushi. Okay. Uh, that's like the flagship of our group. I mm-hmm. mean, we have 15 of them and we, um, I mean, we do a lot of sales in our sushi all over nine states, you know, and then I would probably say it's probably, probably the most profitable one that we do okay. is, is Blue is because sushi is so popular. Sushi and, you is know, super and popular, not, yeah. Not to discredit any of our other concepts, but they are. it is the busiest out of all of them. Yeah. We um, just went all, we just went uh, sustainable with the seafood watch. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys mm-hmm. about like sourcing of seafood. So we started uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, <laughs> trying to partner with them and trying to get all of our fish to be in the green uh, category as far as uh, sustainability. Uh, I'd so break say, down the categories for me so, and well, kind of the program. Well, there's there's a green. There's there's it's like a stoplight. You know, mm-hmm. green, yellow, red. Uh, every, there's nothing on our menu that has the avoidable list on there. Uh, we do have a few things in the yellow, but a lot of it, most of it, is in the green, That's which fantastic. means it's sustainable. We can track it. We know where it's coming from. Uh, we know how it eats. We know all of that, and we actually have that on our menu. Mm-hmm. So if you go and look at ceviche, you can pull ceviche and look at where the rock shrimp's coming from and kind of what boat and all of that and then the That's feed. That's fantastic. Yep. And so um, you also mentioned that your restaurant uses, this was when we were talking earlier off off the mic, you were talking about your restaurant, the sushi restaurants use sushi robots. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's very interesting and I've never seen that. We call, I call them robots because <laughs> they're, they're robots, you know, and uh, they're uh, a sushi. Basically, all they're doing is putting the rice down on the nori for you. Mm-hmm. One for speed, one for consistency and accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hardest part about teaching a sushi chef how to roll sushi is to put the rice down. 
I mean, that is what takes all the time because at the end of the day, sushi is a very, not really a lot of people know what sushi, the term sushi really means. Tell me about it. The term sushi means vinegar rice, which Mm -hmm. the show, the star of the show, it should be the rice. Right. Everything else in it is either a garnish or something like that. It's the rice is what needs to stand. So we They're just these, supporting actors. Yeah. We we use these machines for, like I said, because like we just to keep up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we have one in every single one of our stores and you go from 35 minute sushi ticket times to 25. Yeah. You know, and you're just cranking out sushi all day long and it's consistent and it's, and it's easier on my guys. They're not tired. Their hands don't hurt as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a huge investment that worked out for us. I would love to eat uh, sushi from one of these sushi quote unquote robots as you say where is the closest restaurant to Monterey Bay California Ooh, Texas or Denver would be your closest Pro- Denver is no. probably a little closer than Texas I love Texas Texas is nice and hot all the time oh, it's a little closer though Denver yeah is. it probably is Denver yeah <laughs> 16th Street Mall right on the awesome. corner yeah. okay well I'm booking my plane ticket tomorrow then I go grab some sushi. You should just come to Omaha where it all started. That would be a <laughs> lot better for you to come to Omaha because we have four of them in Nebraska, and that's where everything started. Yeah, come to home base and check yeah. it out there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I know poke is super popular. It's kind of trendy right now. Do you guys do anything with poke? or We do a salmon poke, yep. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Okay, so how do you guys kind of react to food trends, and what's kind of – what kind of things do you think are kind of heating up right now? Well, the cool thing about what we do is that I have some wonderful owners and chefs in our company that they do what they want to do when they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a job fun in a lot of aspects where, yeah, we do the same thing every day and it is a kind of a grind every day. But mm-hmm. when you go and start doing many development, you know, the owner, Tony Gentile, one of the owners is the executive chef owner and he's fun to work with because he just has all these cool ideas. Mm -hmm. And then we just start doing all this stuff that he wants to do. And that's how the menus get created. So do you have a hand in the menu development? Yeah, we, we all do. Yep. Okay. He's kind of like the brain behind it. And then we take what he's got, take the food and then make dishes. And then if he likes them, he doesn't like them. And if he does, then we keep just just, every day we challenge and, uh, eat really good food so how often do how often does your menu turn over usually that's funny um a lot a (laughs) lot whenever whenever they feel like we just need to change this or i mean like like i said we maybe a you know a lot of restaurants but at the end of the day they can change we can change whatever we want whenever we want if we want to get rid of a soup or get rid of a dessert Mm -hmm. that's what the boss wants that's what i'll do so we are here in Monterey, beautiful Monterey, with all the fields, and um, it is a fresh produce summit that we're doing, culinary right. summit. So, what field tour did you go on today, and were you kind of inspired by what you saw? Yes, I actually was very inspired by what I saw. It was um, it was all produce, you know, all lettuce today. Uh, I didn't realize the amount of work that it goes into actually pulling some lettuce from the ground and actually cutting it and looking at how many people are working in the field every day just so we can have our produce in Nebraska. Right. Um, And, you know, I was here with James Lafredo and we had a lot of discussions today about produce, about why, you know, we need to be looking for cleaner, better produce. And that's why we're here with the ProAct Group. Awesome. It's fantastic to have you guys here. We love to, you know, see our customers and distributors and chefs, everybody in one place. Um, And so I guess 
My last question for you is what continues to drive your passion to cook and why are you here representing flagship at the summit? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess it's the only thing I know how to do. Honestly, I've been doing it for so long that if you asked me to do anything else, I'd probably tell you no, because I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, I think with flagship itself, it's the people, Mm -hmm. it's my bosses, um, it's our staff, our corporate team, it's it's the it's that vibe that everyone kind of puts off together with everybody yeah uh that makes this thing run you know and my owners are just some of the coolest guys you'll ever meet man yeah flip-flops and shorts you know and meetings and they're just really cool guys so i love that. why not come to work every day you yeah. know what i mean so yeah it's nice to to be friends with the people you work with first and then everything else is easy from there well they take my money on the golf course a lot so i will say that <laughs> A huge thanks to Chef Brian for taking the time to sit down and chat with me at the summit. I really enjoyed getting to know him and getting to hear about his cooking and his past and just everything under the sun. So if you guys ever find yourself in Omaha, be sure to eat at the original Blue Sushi. Brian says you definitely won't be disappointed and maybe you'll even see a sushi robot. That's all I have for this week. Be sure to tune in next week for the last part of our Culinary Summit interview series where I sit down with Chef Matt Beckett, Taylor Farms Corporate Chef. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipe inspo and more. I hope you all have a great week, and as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh.